Hi, this is Chris, host of A Couple of Drips. Just before we start, I wanted to say a quick word about our subscribers' memberships. If you'd like to help support future episodes, you can subscribe to the show for a few pounds a month. This will help fund production, coffee and guest expenses. Simply click on the support button in the episode description. Cheers and enjoy the show. Settle in and turn it up. It's time for a couple of drips. Coffee, conversation, and occasional quips. Here's your host, Chris Granger. Hello, and welcome to episode three, still in lockdown, of a couple of drips. How are you all doing? How are you all managing out there? Today, my special guest is a very dear friend of mine and uh, a wonderful musician. The fantastic Jamie Summerfield. How are you? Hello, Chris. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Today's coffee, Jamie. I'm just reaching for it now. I have it. I have the coffee. First impressions? I have to say that last week, uh, Helen didn't have coffee, so she had to resort to Nescafe. Fortunately, uh, although we're in lockdown and recording in our respective houses, Jamie doesn't live far from me, so I was in fact able to furnish him with a sample of the same coffee, which I believe you've brewed in an Aeropress. I did. Went for the Aeropress. I've, I've just gone for the Harrier V60, which is a filter cone for any, any of the non-initiated... Do you know what, Chris? This is really nice. It's you like perfect. this? Okay, I bet you've I bet you've been dying to know what it is, haven't you? I had the tiniest sip when I just brewed it, so it was it was pretty hot, and it had a real kind of citrus acidity to it. Did it? Now? And now it's cooled down. That's completely gone, and this kind of very earthy, very musty um, flavour is there. I like both. It's very good. I mean, I'm it? looking at the tasting notes here, and I I think you're you're spot on there. So it's uh, it's from Darkwoods in Yorkshire, which is one okay. of my favourite coffee places, I have to say. Um, and it's a Panama La Huela, and it's a red honey process. Red honey process for anyone who doesn't know is where the berries are red, and they take the berries off before they dry the coffee out. But they don't wash them, so the sticky goo from the berries is left on the coffee beans as it dries in the sun. So it gives it a, a slight more bitter edge than if they if it was a washed coffee. Mm. It gives it a little more flavour of the sour cherry in, in the coffee. And um, the tasting notes here are toffee and red fruits with a syrupy body. So I think you're getting the, the red fruits and the syrupiness 
when you're drinking it hot. And then I think when it cools a little bit, you're getting that toffee flavour coming out there. That's exactly what I was getting. That's that's really good. I've, I don't think I've had a coffee from Panama before. No, I haven't either, which is why I, 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 I bought it for the show. Because, um, yes, I bought it. If uh, Darkwoods are listening... <clears throat> I bought it for the show, <laughs> and uh, all all samples greatly appreciated. Uh, I got it for the show purely because I'd not tried one, and I thought it was really interesting and really unusual. So, yeah. I've got half a liter of that. I'll be working my way down that as the uh, as the show progresses. So, well, you know what I'm like after a coffee. I, I tend to talk very very quickly. Yes. Um, so we might get this podcast done in about 15 minutes. Yeah, I, I might have to just slow it all down, you know. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you get you get kind of stuck in the coffees that you like. Yes, very like much I so. really like uh, coffees from Kenya. and Oh, gosh, coffees kind of from Nic- Kenya. Yeah, the, that acidity, fantastic. Nicaragua, fantastic. I like, um, I'm really into coffees from sort of the indian asian continent mm. uh, you don't see quite so many of them um but things like sumatra and that which you you don't see so much of because it tends to not be a lot of good quality coffee from there there tends to be a lot of very cheap coffee produced a lot of robusta that's mixed with espresso blends and things like that but not many coffees that you could drink as a single origin or or as a, a blend in themselves. They tend to be mixed with coffees from other regions. So when you do find a nice coffee from that side of the globe, as it were, anything north of Australia, as I like to say, <laughs> it's actually, when when you do find a good one, it's, it tends to be really good, but there tends not to be a lot of it. So you have to kind of jump on it when you do. Yeah, so, I'm going to be jumping on it, I think. Uh, yeah, this is really nice. Jamie and I both have a subscription to Local Coffee Roasters Has Been, which we get regular deliveries with. And that's really good, actually. Uh, the subscription, there's several subscription services out there, Packed, do another one. Those services are great because you're you're trying different things all the time and you might like me i would always go for a citrusy coffee or an acidic coffee you know and to to have stuff arrive and sometimes they're sending it out and you think oh that's perhaps not what i choose and then it arrives and you go oh eyes opened yeah. do you know what i'm really looking forward to chris mm. um the uh, pact one of the companies that you you mentioned mm are doing a coffee advent calendar. They are indeed. And we've, we've both got, we've both got one, actually. I have to say calendars at the ready. We both have one. Yeah, I had so. one last year, and I think I sort of twisted your arm into, into... It didn't take a lot of twisting to getting one this year because they are absolutely fabulous. They're, they're really worth... They're really worth the, the, the money and to have that different coffee every day. And basically, you go all the way around the coffee wheel so you get a different flavour every day and you kind of come back to where you started. So uh, and, there's, and they don't rip you off as well. There's 25 days. So a lot of advent calendars, only 24 days. But And then Christmas Day, <laughs> the best day, no coffee. What's that about? Yeah, so, but that, all right. uh, the advent calendar will, uh, will get us through... <laughs> if we're in another lockdown yeah we'll definitely see. so jamie we should perhaps we've we've talked quite a bit about coffee uh which is obviously a, a big passion of yours and mine that's not how we met though is it i think when we met um i think i i didn't really like coffee if i'm honest no no nothing to do with that 
You've been listening to a couple of drips. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's right. You're definitely a beer man because uh, I don't know if you remember when we first met, but we uh, we sort of met on Twitter. Uh, Jamie used to run a. It's still going, but uh, Jamie's handed over the reins now. Uh, Jamie started and ran a, a regular uh, local. A fantastic website called A Little Bit of Stone. Uh, we're, we're based in Stone in Staffordshire, and Jamie started this website, which was basically a, I think it's fair to say, community hub for information. Um, yeah. It was kind of like an online magazine, and uh, Jamie started this, and um, I seem to remember that we were chatting quite a bit over here, and there was a a job that you needed a photographer for and you said oh i can't do it could you possibly pop out and do this photography job You're and, nice, and yeah. then i went and did that and then i think we met up in there was a gig in a pub and i think we met at a gig in a pub uh i think it was the royal exchange and uh i tapped you on the shoulder and introduced myself and i think that was the first time we actually met so i think we met over music and beer but it gradually morphed into coffee and more music <laughs> yeah music's been the um the kind of constant hasn't it i suppose all the way i, th- I think it has through, definitely passions, passion of both of ours definitely and i think in the last couple of years it's definitely scaled up i mean um you're doing some music uh journalism and, and pr now aren't you i am yeah i've been working for oh blimey 20 years 20 years in journalism and pr and communications and during lockdown I kind of had time to think a bit about what I was doing Mm. what I wanted to do and music is my Mm. big passion you know making my own music I love writing about it Mm. so I thought actually I'm gonna I'm gonna now focus on on that Mm. um so yeah I'm I'm now doing PR um marketing uh for independent bands and musicians lovely and i've noticed recently you've been doing quite a lot of online album reviews as well which i'm i'm very interested in yeah i've been doing lots of that the last few months does that mean Um, you get sent free music well the thing is it's in in the past i remember when i used to do music fanzines in the early 90s oh nice and you know you'd, you'd get albums through the post and things like that now you just get a download link (laughs) it's not the same it's not the same is it i was i was hoping like you might get these like vinyl box sets of five discs you know kind of like a couple of hundred pounds worth like dropping on the doormat i think i'm reviewing the wrong the wrong (laughs) things aren't i (laughs) i think i think you might be it's really i love writing about music it's Mm. very you know it's such a kind of emotional visceral reaction that you have to music isn't it and it's mm. it's a real challenge to kind of express that in words about what that sound means to you definitely um, um so it's good and i've been doing that for a few months and it's brilliant, it's brilliant. and it just it gets you exposed to lots of bands and artists that you never and you're so passionate about it as well, which is great. And you're also kind of looking at it from the inside being a songwriter as well, which which clearly comes through because so many kind of music journalists just kind of like love everyone on the first album and then from the second album onwards, you know, just kind of lose interest. I'm thinking about a particular magazine uh, <laughs> that I, I wouldn't possibly name. But, you, you know, to... to do you do you take that inside perspective on it being a songwriter yourself? 
I'm not sure. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes mm. when you play mm. and you write, mm. it can sometimes be a little bit of a barrier between you and other music. I mean, for instance, yep. if I ever go to a gig, oh, gigs, remember them? Oh, uh, if I go to a gig, I, I I'm not really listening. I'm kind of studying. I'm kind of oh, looking yeah. at how. Okay, if I get near the front, I'm looking at the guitar pedal board. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Looking, looking at, at what amp they're using. Are they yeah, using in ears? Are they using monitors? Yeah, yeah. You can never it. switch. You can never switch that off. Do, do you find your own songs? You you can't listen to them as songs. Oh, I've, yeah. I've never the, the stuff that I have got out there. Yeah. I mean, my f- first single was out in June, and then there was an EP mm. uh, in September, I think. And mm. no, I never listened to them. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it would I think be, when you do, you listen weird. from an analytical, <laughs> critical point of view. Like, oh, I'd probably change that now, and probably, and you can't just relax and enjoy the record for what it is, sort of thing. Yeah, I, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't listen. But then when I'm writing one, um, I've been working on one this week, a new one, and it kind of, it's wonderful how it kind of takes you over. Yeah, um, you, you know, you, some chords come together. Yeah, there's there's a vibe there. There's a feeling. Yeah, uh, a melody comes. It's the process is quite wonderful. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I get completely immersed in them. And then when they're finished, it's like right done. So I mean, you mentioned the demise of live live music and gigs. I do miss those. What oh, uh, the hardest thing of about lockdown, I think. But, yeah. yeah. What was your last gig before lockdown? Oh, the last gig was at the Mighty Sugar Mill Ooh, in Hanley. Yeah. And it was a band called Working Men's Club. Oh, nice. Um, and they were absolutely fantastic. But yeah, that's the thing. I had, you know, like at the start of the year, um, I always kind of think, right, just, I don't really make resolutions, but I kind of think of a few things that I want to do that, that year. And yeah. The big one for me this year was to see more live music. <laughs> so what was your first ever live gig then, Jamie? Can you remember back in the annals of time? Oh, we're just going... If you could just put a, a sound effect of us... I'll ask you that question again, Jamie. So um, what was your what was your first ever gig, Jamie, looking back in the annals of time? <laughs> that, that was impressive. Thank you. Well found. Thank well you. found. Uh, do you know what? I've got a confession to make, Chris. Yeah. I've got a confession to make. For many, many years, in fact, I think we're talking decades, mm. I always told people when they said, what was your first gig? Yeah. I would always say it was New Order, Happy Mondays, and a certain ratio in Manchester. Nice. But do you know what? That was actually my second gig. <sighs> because the first one, is well, <laughs> well, a little bit embarrassing. Um, you haven't heard mine yet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? My my, my girlfriend at the time, um, her mom won a pair of tickets plus coach travel from Mike Lord Music mm. to go and see this band at the NEC oh. uh, in Birmingham. Uh-huh. And I thought, why not? Why not? This was early 90s, now probably 1990. You're using the word band. Um, are you going to want to withdraw that in a minute? Yeah, I think I'd better, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, anyway, it was the phenomenally mighty New Kids on the Block. Okay, I'm, I'm, tough. I mean, I'm going um, to let you into a little secret here. 
Um, I wasn't at that. I wasn't them? at that gig, but I was at the sound check. <laughs> what? <laughs> my my mum and dad were doing a show in the next hall, and uh, we snuck into the sound check at one point. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I, I wished I'd just snuck, snuck into the sound check and missed the gig. Brilliant. I mean, that's bad, but we haven't done mine yet. I can remember the date of mine, and strangely, I can remember the seat number as well, which is <laughs> Block 12, Row N, Seat 116, and it was the 18th of January, 1981. So I was... I was 10, so you have to allow me that. It was Barry Manilow. Oh, at the Copa, Copa Cabana. I tell you what, the man oh, can put lovely. on a show. I can imagine, yeah. I, I, I was like very into him. him in my teenage years for no apparent reason <laughs> other than my nan was really into him. And yeah. I thought he was a great songwriter. Well, he is. He is a great songwriter, but I just street cred now. You like, and you listen to the records now, and you think, not sure. Um, Oh dear! Do you know what? I'm so impressed that I've got to admit another confession. mm. I couldn't remember how we met, and that was only a few years ago. uh, You can remember the bloody seat number of the gig you went to. It's weird. I don't know why I was. It was the first gig I ever went to, and I was blown away by the idea that everyone was playing these instruments live in front of me. Uh, It wasn't a recording. And yeah. I was just blown away, and I, I, I had the had the program, and I obsessed over this ticket for for years. You know, just the idea that these musicians could could do this, and I think that's what probably got me into. Although I picked up a guitar when I was six or seven and had guitar lessons, but I hadn't really done anything with them. But that that was kind of when I thought well, I might up my game a little bit here. You know, oh wow, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Favorite gig, best gig you've ever been to. Oh my word, that's that's really tough. I think, you know what? I I it was quite a recent one, probably about five or six years ago. A mm. band called Ride, oh um, yeah, I who were Ride. massive in the kind of early mid nineties, mm. real kind of shoegaze uh, band that I absolutely adored at the time, and they came back um, a few years ago. Um, they started playing some some live shows again and I went to to one they did at one of my favourite venues the Albert Hall in Manchester oh that is such a gorgeous but it looks like a church it does and it was a summer's it was I think it was July or August so when you get in the venue Mm. it's the closest thing to an outdoor festival gig indoors because when you go in there and it's it's sunshine outside mm. the sunlight streams, streams through the through stained the glass stained windows glass. Yeah. and then it goes dark and it's beautiful Fantastic. and they they just played this incredible set um and me and lots of other kind of middle-aged people just lost their shit it yeah. was just so yeah. good and it's that kind of weird sugar rush of nostalgia nice and delight that they're back and Brilliant. It was incredible. There's actually a vi- <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of that gig yeah. that someone filmed from up on the balcony mm. during one of their songs called Vapor Trail. Mm. Uh, and you can see me in a red T-shirt really clearly, like I'm on acid. Nice. I was limbs flailing, jumping around. Um, yeah, I wasn't on acid, by the way. No, no, no. 
Didn't you go and see, is that the same venue you went to see the Divine Comedy without me? (coughs) (laughs) You've still not got over that, have you? No, one of my favourite bands of all time. Was that the Albert Hall? It was, yeah, it was. Uh, That was when they... Perfect setting for them, I would have thought. Yeah, it was superb. But do you know what? I was right at the back for that one. Uh, and it was great. They, mm. they were am- He's amazing, isn't he, Neil? Oh, Hannah. Neil's he's a one legend. of my yeah. favourite songwriters yeah. and performers. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've seen a good few gigs there, actually. Yeah, great venue. Brilliant. I love it. One of my favourite gigs, purely down to the fact that it was the strangest venue I've ever been to in a purely fabulous way, was... Um, Last year, or was it the year before now? I'm losing track. We went to see Father John Misty. Oh, do you know what? Can I, can I scrub my face? <laughs> that was such an amazing gig. It was in Liverpool Olympia, which um, is a old boxing venue. And so yeah. we had a table at the back and you literally look down over the rows of seats and all the seats have tables in front because they would... Um, score the boxing and I think they did ballroom dancing and stuff there as well and uh, so you're kind of looking down this channel at the gig but we have this table and chairs uh, and a bar next to us <laughs> it was just the strangest venue but the sound was amazing it was well I think it's one of the best um, sounds that I've, I've ever heard at a live gig definitely, it was definitely. immaculate wasn't it and it was beautiful because like you said we were on a balcony mm. And the ceiling was very low. Yeah. And it created this kind of widescreen box around yeah. the band, if you yeah. remember. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was just surreal. What a venue that was. That was great. And uh, do you remember the first gig we went to together? Oh, man, this is so I'm, bad. I I'm can't pulling, remember uh, how we met. Memory here. I can't remember our first gig together. <laughs> no, so sorry. no, that's okay. That's okay. I'll, it it was, I'll give you a clue. It was for your 40th birthday. Oh, was it the Happy Monday? Happy Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> another nostalgia rush. that was that was a that was a great weekend went to the happy mondays gig on the one night and then we went to the backass bar and uh what's the that other real ale place that i can't remember the name of yeah I know a, the a few of those kind of a few of those kind of venues uh fantastic and then in in the morning as the um cure-all for a hangover, uh, we uh, we went to Subway for a steak and cheese sub. <laughs> oh yes, that was a Perfect great. That was a really food. nice weekend. And then and then they just opened the new library in Birmingham, so Jamie and I spent half the day uh, going and looking at the new library and standing on the roof. If you've not seen the the, the main library in Birmingham, it is absolutely spectacular. It is, yeah, I remember. They have it's a Shakespeare beautiful. room on the top floor. That's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. There are literally billions and billions of podcasts out there. So the chances of finding intelligent life amongst them are so infinitesimally small as to not even be worth looking. Could you then have stumbled onto the one podcast where intelligent life could exist? No. No, you haven't. So when did you you start songwriting then, Jamie? Oh man, a long time ago actually. I bought my first guitar uh, with my birthday money when I was eighteen. Mm. So I was a, I was a little bit late, I suppose, because like you were saying, you were playing when you were much younger than that. Yeah, yeah um, I didn't really take it seriously until I was eighteen. I think I was fifteen, yeah. and someone asked me to play bass on a school assembly, 
and that was the first time I'd picked up a bass. Mm-hmm. And I was playing guitar up until that point, and I just suddenly went, "Oh, this is the instrument for me," kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, uh, well, but, actually, I had a, I did have a, a battered acoustic from mm. when I was about sixteen, seventeen. There's always one in the house, isn't there? It's either a piano or a guitar. I don't know where it came from, but it only mm. had two strings, and it was. I got quite proficient at playing a two-string guitar, mm. so I thought playing guitar was easy. I was mm. like, "Oh man, this is brilliant." So then when I finally had one with the additional four strings... Oh, I've got to play chords just, now. Yeah, it was like, oh, I can't do this. This is this is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But then obviously you, you, go to, you go to college and university and you think, oh, all the cool people are playing guitar. Mm. So you're like, right, this yeah. is it. I've got to, got to try and do it. Um, so, yeah, it was then. And what I did... I didn't like, I think because I, str- because I struggled in the transition from the two string to the six string guitar uh, to kind of play anyone else's songs, mm. I thought, I'll just do my own. Oh, brilliant. You and see, that, that can be the best thing sometimes. Once you know too much about an instrument, you can limit yourself sometimes. That's so true, you know, because la- last year I, I mean, I've always only played the guitar, uh, but I bought a... Uh, a MIDI keyboard and sampler, which is just amazing. And you're so right because you're so used oh, to yeah. doing something on on the guitar. Yeah. When I've started doing stuff on that, it, it's like it just wakes up little bits of your brain that you haven't been using. Let your fingers Music fall on the keys because if you pick up a guitar, you're going to play a chord, you know. But if you don't know the chords on the piano, you're just going to put your fingers on. All oh, that doesn't sound right. Move your finger one key backwards or forwards, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So it was always about writing, writing my own stuff. Brilliant. Um, and I think it was always a a kind of many many songwriters kind of look outward for mm. their songs. Mm. Many many songwriters look look inward, and I think I, I very much look inward. It's a real kind of cathartic counselling process. And lyrics, you know, it's it's bizarre. Because I love lyrics, I love songs, mm. but then a lot of the stuff I really like, the lyrics don't really matter too much. Like in that 90s shoegaze um, stuff that I love so much, mm. sometimes the lyrics are so laden with effects and buried in the mix. Yeah. You, you're not actually sure what they're singing. Yes, um, yeah, definitely. And you think of, you know, bands like Cocteau Twins, you know, singing in Gaelic Irish or... Yeah, Sigur Ross in Icelandic, oh, and they're kind of made-up language. Yeah. Sometimes the the actual words yeah. don't mean as much as just that feeling and that melody and that yeah, that definitely. vibe that's there. So you've just recorded a Christmas song, then, Jamie. What's your What's your favourite Christmas song? What are the Christmas songs that have inspired you? Well, as a as a child of the eighties, um, I'm just such a, a sucker for those kind of classic schmaltzy. 80s Christmas songs. Um, I think my favourite from that period has to be Last Christmas by Wham. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, is not, that is not what I would have expected you to say. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Is it that warm, feel-good sort of... Is it the video or, or is it... Oh, the, <laughs> the video is so funny, isn't it? It's great. Those massive winter coats they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it shot, is. Shot in August. Yes. <laughs> I honestly don't know what it is. Now I've now I've come to defend my decision. It's mm. just 
it's just something about that song which kind of right if i hear it now if you if if, if i walked into a, a shop and it was playing yeah. it just you're straight back in your kind of childhood i suppose suppose yeah. that's what it is yeah you know playing playing with the simple simon and just family christmases <sighs> Brilliant. I think it's maybe that, but I just love the whole vibe and feel about it. I love, yeah. <laughs> bizarrely, it's got that kind of, I love getting kind of wrapped up in those kind of schmaltzy, mm. sentimental emotions at Christmas. Oh, I, I love that. I love, Hall- yeah. Hallmark Film Channel and all that. That's it. <laughs> so I think Last Christmas is just, I don't know, and I suppose particularly now, you know, mm. since George Michael's no longer with us, it's got an added kind of, Poignancy. Poignancy. Thank you, Chris. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I love it. I think it's my favourite. Although I I love, to be honest, that kind of classic, you know, like Ella Fitzgerald's Christmas albums are incredible. Oh, amazing. Um, And I think the best Christmas album Mm. um, is probably the Phil Spector Oh, I've not heard uh, that. I might have to look oh, that up. It's amazing. You know, bands like... Might uh, have to get you to send me a link, link to that and I'll put it in the description later on. Yeah, it's amazing. And also, I think another one that I just adore. I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. Oh, um, yes. uh, A good few years ago now, he did a Christmas yep, album. That is a great album. Oh, it's just, it shouldn't work. On yeah. every level yeah. that you can kind of imagine. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. Yeah. It's just amazing. My favourite song on that album is uh, Must Be Santa, yeah. uh, which sounds like, it sounds like the Pogues with Bob Dylan kind of growling all over it. It's just incredible. Brilliant. <laughs> Talking of the Pogues, Pogues, I mean, one of my favourite Christmas records is the uh, Kirsty McCall and Pogues. Of course. Um, oh, of course. That that's a great record. Although I think my all-time favourite is probably. Do you know Jonah Louie? Uh, she was at home for Christmas. Oh yeah, the the oh, one with the yeah. military drums at the start. Fantastic. You've you've been writing and recording a Christmas song recently. I know. Well, you you've been very heavily involved. I have, in fact. I I have to. I I pushed all the buttons. And uh, Jamie played a lot of the instruments. And in fact, we're going to listen to that in a minute. But before we do that, actually, I've uh, we've got a little two-minute documentary about the uh, creative process of that, really. Which, okay. uh, yeah, so just, just a little <laughs> insight into the creative process before we actually listen to the song. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll have a listen to that now. It's been a while since we've heard a traditional Christmas single. So when Jamie approached me and said could we record a traditional, old-fashioned Christmas pop single? I was delighted to take up the challenge. So, Jamie, what was the recording process like for you? Oh, mate, it were fucking rock hard, and it went on forever. Yes, well, quite. And how did you find the writing process? Oh, mate, it were fucking rock hard, and it went on forever. And you played most of the instruments as well, didn't you? Uh, Keyboards, guitars, how was that? Oh, mate, it were fucking rock hard, and it went on forever. Yes, I see. What follows is a short insight into that working process and the difficulties presented with such a challenge. wherever you are. Jamie, Jamie, love. 
And so there you have it, a little insight into how we made our Christmas record. It was good, wasn't it, Jamie? Oh, mate, it was fucking rock hard, and it went on forever. Can you tell I had too much time on my hands this week? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I was actually, I, I'd actually got, got your mic in my headphones uh, while you were listening to that, because I thought, this could go two ways. <laughs> that was amazing. Do you know what? It's amazing I... what you can do with auto-tune. <laughs> I think I'm just, I, I, I never question anything. So, like, when you sent me an email uh, on <laughs> Monday, I think it was, Jamie, could you send me an audio clip of you saying this precise sentence? <laughs> um, I just went, all right, then, yeah, go on. Sent it over to you. I, I, know, I just thought you were, yeah. like, testing levels I, or something on my microphone. I, dre- I woke up dreaming that sketch and thought... <laughs> I've just got to do it. That was brilliant. And I mean, the thing is, it's eerily accurate. Mm, No, not really. You've never sung out of tune. But I mean, yeah, that's fabulous. I mean, I think that's a good time as any to just before we play it. I mean, Christmas songs, there has been a demise of the traditional Christmas song, really, which I think is a shame. The things that tend to be at number one now tend to be um, very, very generic songs that could be around at any time of the year. I mean, why why do you think that is? Do you know what? I think... Perhaps Cliff Richards' mistletoe and wine killed the whole thing. <laughs> the final day. nail in the coffin. I think, like many things, it's Cliff Richards that we can blame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cliff Richards. It's not Cliff, Cliff Richards, Richard. is it? Cliff Richard. But yeah, I think it's probably, I mean, it's, I don't know, it does. For us, it's like it brings back wonderful memories of kind of, you know, Christmas Day, Top of the Pops and mm. these beautiful singles, but. Mm. It's it can be a little bit passe, I suppose, and seem a bit old fashioned. But I don't know. Robbie, I think it's time to bring it back. I I, I think Christmas has got to be the music scene has got to be different at Christmas to the rest of the year. You know, I think it's fine to bring out Slade and Wizard and all those all those things at Christmas, and and, and even Wham, even Wham. Don't say even Wham. <laughs> I, I, I picked up on your tone there. I, I, I I'm think. just still shocked at that choice. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with it. It's, it's a, it is a great song, but that's not what you expect to come out of a sort of '90s shoegazy. I know there are lots of. I mean, there are lots of other. I mean, loads of kind of in, cool indie bands have done Christmas songs. Mm. So, like, I mean, like the Fall, Marky e. Smith and the Fall. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't even begin to imagine a Christmas song mm. from them. Mm. But I think, I'm sure they did about nine. Uh, there's loads of them, and some of them are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, like the Flaming Lips, their Christmas oh, album yeah. is like... Fabulous. Is like Santa Claus kind of had his <laughs> sherry, his mince pie, and a tab of acid. Just bizarre. <laughs> absolutely bizarre. And there's been, there's been loads. Um and I, I suppose it's kind of like the one time that kind of, I'm not saying I'm cool or indie at all, but those kind of artists can kind of just let their guard down and just yeah. have a laugh. Yeah. And so there's always a little bit of tongue in cheek, a little bit of like yeah. ironic yeah. fun with it. Whereas I think... I think the last real Christmas record that anyone ever made was probably The Darkness. Yeah. Don't but let, I mean, the, don't let its, the bells end. Yeah. Although that had its tongue... Firmly in its cheek, cheek, didn't it? Yeah, mm. they've done a. I'm sure they've done a beer 
they've teamed up with a brewery this year to do a, oh, nice. a beer that's just called Bell's End. Very nice. Do you know what, Chris? I never, ever wanted to do a Christmas song. It was never, like, oh, okay. part of the plan. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd had some chords and a melody for, I'd say, about ten years. Mm. Years and years, and I really liked it. But whatever I tried with it, mm. um, different different melodies, mm. different ideas, it never worked. Right. I, but I thought the actual, the song itself, the... The structure of it, the, the the sound, the vibe of it is is beautiful. I've got to make it work. So, mm. bizarrely, in August, I was just sat where I am now at home, mm. uh, th- trying again. Mm. Okay, back to those chords. Isn't mm. And the first line that I sung when I was just kind of ad libbing over the top was, "If you are at home this Christmas," and I kind nice. of stopped dead. I was like, oh, what? You, what am I doing? you need to knock that, you know, knock that on the head, you know. Didn't um, didn't your daughter I, pick you up on that as well? Just didn't she stick her head around the door or something? I remember you telling me and say, "Were you just singing about Christmas?" Yeah, I think so. she she said, "What the hell are you singing about Christmas Eve for?" <laughs> very supportive. She'll be family. eating her words now. She'll be very proud. I'm sure, but yeah. So I thought I'll just go with it mm. okay if mm. you are at home at christmas mm. let's go mm. and it only took about half an hour beautiful. and it was all done beautiful um, yeah it was just dead easy mm. and it just yeah it, it was it was a real joy to write and i love singing it brilliant um, well i, I really it like a, it as well yeah. and, and i've listened to it a lot obviously because i've mixed it <laughs> and uh i've had it on a loop incessantly going around and i still like it that's always a good sign and it is a proper traditional christmas record you know it's got a bit of everything in there there's a bit of bit of sleigh bells there's there's a, a kind of it's almost when i listen to it i feel like i'm standing outside in the snow i mean it, it really oh, does have that so brilliant. can i use that in the uh, marketing and publicity please, please? do please oh, do thanks very much please do. so i think without further ado i think we should have a listen to it now um so this is uh, the fantastic christmas single from jamie summerfield when's this coming out jamie uh, it's coming out on the 4th of december brilliant and that will be available on spotify be- deezer all over the place apple yeah. music etc that's it wherever you can stream music Fantastic. Uh, it will be sitting there waiting waiting for you to listen to it hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Fantastic. So this is Christmas Eve by Jamie Summerfield.
really beautiful Jamie oh thanks mate I have to say that is lovely very nice that is a proper traditional Christmas song isn't it well done well done mate round of applause I've got to thank you good self I think um, I've got to thank you Chris because You've done an absolutely Oh, no need to thank me. I'll tell you what, it was an absolute joy that. to work on. The chance to work on a Christmas song doesn't happen very often, sort of thing. So just that opportunity to, to actually do something that, because I am one of the biggest fans of Christmas. I know. You know, I, I start buying mince known, pies in August. Yeah, I've never known anyone get mm. so wrapped up in Christmas like you do. Yeah, it's I wonderful. do, I do. It's wonderful. I also must thank uh, Richard Matthews, incredibly yes. talented Beautiful guitarist guitar. who put the electric guitar on that, which adds so much. So, yeah, thanks to Rich as well. No, absolutely. You have a, a nice bit of guitar twangery there. So you played 
keyboards on that as well as you said earlier you you kind of you're not a keyboard player but you sort of picked up a keyboard recently and the guitars and that when you write a song like that or any of your other songs for that matter do you have a vision of the whole song when you when you start writing it can you hear all the lines in your head or do you sort of write the guitar part and then try things later on i think for me the the, uh, the first thing that comes is is just the melody yeah um you know, two chords or three chords will chime together mm. and will instantly, in your gut, you kind of know what that's going to be about. Mm. You know, the emotion and the feeling. And mm. so I'll always work on just the melody, just getting a, a really nice melody. Yeah. And then, bizarrely, the lyrics, it's a little bit like like doing a really hard kind of crossword puzzle or anything like that, you know, having an absolute nightmare rack of letters in Scrabble. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, right. We've all and been there. Yeah. Sometimes they can, they can come really quickly. Mm. Other times, I've got so many songs where I've never quite cracked the lyrics. It's It can be difficult. Yeah, they. It, but it's a real joy kind of working on it. And it really does feel like you kind of, like a sculptor kind of chipping away at something. Yeah. But it is hard. And I think yeah. it's kind of like sometimes you can think, you know, oh, I want to write a song about or I want to, I find if I do that, I'm scuppered. It, it just has to come naturally. Mm. And sometimes it can just be like, you might just hear something, you might read read a line Mm. in a newspaper article or hear something on the radio or yeah and it'll it'll set you off so yeah. you know always got a notebook or getting things in my phone oh and, perfect uh so yeah particularly like the christmas song it, it it can be very difficult to to not you've got to get a level of cheese <laughs> a level of cheesiness <laughs> but you've there's there's a line where it, it would just just become too saccharine and, and kind of dismissed. I mean, we talked, didn't we? While we were doing it about right, let's let's throw the kitchen sink at this. Literally, Everything's yeah, going yeah. in it. Come on! And I remember that one night at your, in in your studio, um, where you know the triangle came out. Uh, we did live of live percussion. percussion. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I must admit, at that point, I was having such a good time. But I yeah, thought that was such a laugh. Yeah, but I thought, okay, this could go over the top. This yeah, could be mad. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to yeah, know, isn't it, how song. to do that. I particularly love the Vangelis-y keyboard bit in that. Yes. Towards the end, it's just yeah. pure Vangelis. And it's like, it is, isn't this it? keyboard sound couldn't be more Christmassy if you covered the keyboard in tinsel. and well, Which I did, obviously. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> So um, we're, we're up to the point now where I'm going to do a regular feature. This is a feature we've, we've had by accident in episode one. We followed it up in episode two, but uh, and now you can hear the level of my songwriting capabilities um, because uh, it's a, a new feature um, that we've actually got a jingle for. Climb to fame, climb to fame it's your chance to drop a name Trying to outdo each other's kind of line One-upmanship is the only aim Claim to fame, claim to fame Claim to fame, claim to fame Yes, claim to fame oh, Thank you very much 
I'd forgotten about that bit on the end. <laughs> and hang on, a few minutes ago you said that you can't write lyrics. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That was excellent. I'll tell you what, Adam Buxton had better be worried. <laughs> he makes water, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I believe you accidentally met Dave Stewart at some point. I did. It was, I think it was 1993, mm. 1992 in Hornsey in North London, where I later found out he had a studio in a converted mm. former church on the main road. And I was coming out of a cafe. Um, I was down there when I was doing fanzines in mm. the early 90s. I was mm. with this band mm. and we just nipped out for a coffee. Uh, and as I came out of the of the, the cafe, mm. I almost knocked him off his bike. <laughs> and he, he turned round and he, he kind of mumbled something. Uh, but he was on the pavement. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the... the Musical history could have been very, very different if I... It was a sliding doors moment in, in essence. Oh, right, yeah. You yeah. know, if I'd, if I'd just stepped that little bit further or gone out the door, yeah. 0.2 of a second later, I might have knocked him off his bike. Who yeah. knows what would have happened. And, and I believe at some point you got to interview the fabulous Joan Collins as well. Oh, I did. I did. It was, this was when um, I was working as a reporter on local newspapers and she was in a a play that was that was touring round the regions uh, and it came to the region theatre in Hanley. Oh, what so a great theatre. Yeah. Remember theatres. So <laughs> <laughs> Remember them, but I, I yeah, I went along to review it. Um and the chap who was kind of the press officer at the region theatre at the time, the lovely chap uh, Dave Bradbury, he said, I can get you an interview if you want. I'll try, I'll try and uh, get an interview. Nice. So, of course, you're not going to say no to that, are you? No, you're not. Don't, but I wish I had said no to that. Really? Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Intimidating? She, well, after the performance, uh, a good you know half hour had gone by, and it, the interview was to take place in the bar, right. uh, I think on the first floor. Right. So I was sat there. This was many years ago. And I was getting quite nervous with the weight. Uh, and I thought, is she going to come? And she kind of swept into the room with her husband. Uh, Dave showed her, this is this is Jamie from the Sentinel. And she sat down and she just fixed me uh, with her eyes and just said, you've got really shifty eyes, haven't you? Oh. And I didn't quite know what to... Wow, that's quite an opening. It is, isn't it? Ooh. If it was meant to kind of... How strange. ...throw me off guard, it did, because it wasn't a great interview, I've got to admit. Just just remember, Leonard Rossiter in the Cintano adverts used to refer to her as the prop. (laughs) (laughs) That that, will give you a little bit of perspective. Oh, Oh, wow, that's right. Whenever you see... I mean, it's a weird thing, isn't it? She's such an immense megastar. And yet, whenever you see a film with Joan Collins in, you think, this is probably going to be quite bad. (laughs) You know, she's either being chased by some giant ant or um, I I, I saw... um, I saw like a Hammer hammer Horror thing the other day with loads of fake blood with her and Denham Elliott and... It was just, yeah, overacting. 
to, to be honest. I did actually ask her. I did actually ask her hmm. about the giant ants film. Did you? I can't remember what I asked her, but I remember it got a bit frosty. It's always bizarre mm. when you see someone that you only know from two dimensions. Mm. When you kind of see them there sat in front of you, it's so off-putting. Yeah, it is. And when they are, because, you know, she's really, really famous. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's an intimidating thing. You're listening to A Couple of Drips. Why? Why would you do that? Are you Are you Okay. Oh well, you're here now. Yes, you are. Jamie was, in fact, the inspiration for for doing this podcast because a couple of people listened to the test recording and went, "Oh, you should make a show out of this." Because I was planning a completely different show uh, yeah. about home recording and stuff at the time. During that show, we invented, of course, the, the uh, boxes or pants. So we we've already done that. So that might be in the best bits. But uh, so I have, um, I have some alternate questions to ask you. Red or brown sauce? Red sauce, tomato ketchup, definitely. Unless, oh no, no. I was going to say if it's let's say we've got an oat cake with cheese and bacon, Ooh, has to be brown. It's got to be brown. If it's a burger with some chips, mm. it's got to be red. I'm not very good at kind of binary opposition things. I always find the grey area. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely fine. Well, you certainly did that with the pants and boxes, as, <laughs> as I'm sure you heard in a, in episode one, where Danny called you a strange cat. Um, he did, didn't he? Do you know he what? did, because I've of the mulling, hybrid pant boxer. I know. I've been mulling over... Um, Danny's comments there because mm. I, th- I think I think he I think it's fair to say that he poured he poured scorn on my idea of wearing very loose pants for a walk. He did, and then tighter afterwards. Yeah, and it got me thinking. I've ref- I've been reflecting. <laughs> I've obviously I've been reflecting on this and on reflection. I've realised that I'm a fool. So have you have you changed your ways? Are you now, I mean, this has turned into pants or boxers. Are you now wearing the supportive pants for the walk? Well, what I've decided to do is this weekend is to actually trial that. Is to oh. is to flip nice. go the other way. See oh. what happens. I'll I'll keep you posted. Yes, please do. This is clearly a running feature, and if you missed episode one, you won't have a clue what we're on about. Baths or showers? It's got to be a bath every time. Oh, every time. Discuss. Well, I'm, I can quite easily spend oh, a good couple of hours in the bath. Mm. You know, regular half-hourly top-ups of hot water. And don't know where you found uh, the time. Oh, you have to make time for baths. It's really important. I've got my book, got my phone, got a cup of tea or a coffee. Mm. Um, and yeah, I can you, just You're selling it to ages. me now. I mean, I must admit, I've always been a shower guy. I haven't used the bath here for several years i i've i've always a like quick in and out shower guy i always think with a bath you're sitting in your own stuff kind of thing but yeah you might i mean taking that time for yourself is important because i don't think we do a lot of that especially in lockdown you know yeah that's true yeah yeah i, so, can, I mean i can have one every day i could quite easily oh. soak for a, an hour or two every day oh i think I, I think i might start doing that yeah no that sounds like it's an event bath for you <laughs> You can get tickets on Eventbrite. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you? Where can people find your music? Where can people find your journalism? Search on Spotify or whatever 
platform they use, just search for Jamie Summerfield. Um, my music PR stuff, uh, my business is called Space Between the Notes. The website is spacenotes.co.uk, which sounds like the kind of website that Professor Brian Cox, who was... Uh, how did you get Brian Cox to do your... Um, well, it, it's funny you should mention that, because... Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's the wonderful Danny Davis. Oh, it was brilliant. Um, and yeah, I'm on Twitter, jvictor7. I'll put a link to all of those in the in the episode description. But uh, it only remains for me to say uh, thank you very much for being my guest today, Jamie. It's been an absolute delight. Jamie's Christmas single is out on the 4th of December on all the usual streaming platforms. Uh, so just search for Jamie Summerfield. And the, the single's called Christmas Eve. It's called Christmas Eve, yeah. Fantastic, and Jamie already has a couple of, he has an EP and uh, I think one of the recording out there, so uh, do check him out, follow him on, on Spotify or Deezer or Apple Music. Thank you very much, Jamie. Oh, thank you, Chris, I really enjoyed it. I've, I've loved doing it and love loved talking to you, and uh, hopefully uh, soon uh, lockdown will be over and we can actually uh, meet in person. But uh, thank you very much to Jamie Summerfield for being my guest. Thank you to Clean Feed for providing us with the connection today and i look forward to speaking to all you listeners next time thanks a lot you've been listening to a couple of drips the show was conceived and presented by chris granger and is a cup the mic production catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 